I'm Brinkley. And I'm Whitney. And this is the Blooming 30s podcast. We are two best friends living long distance that have found connection through marriage, motherhood, and growing in our 20s. Join us in our conversations as we bloom in our 30s. Hello, hello, hello. I can't say I can't say myself to say it. Take it away. <laughs> buds. Hey, buds. Why does that sound so lame? But I love it too. It sounds so cute in our minds, and then we say it out loud. We're like, wait, I don't know. Who am I? I, I, I don't know if it came to me because Theron is in like a major car phase right now, oh, and yeah. Mater like calls him like Bud. Hey, I feel like, bud. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, I just think of I'm Mater. Like, hey, That's Bud. Cute. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. But I like it. We're gonna we're gonna keep doing it until it feels natural. <laughs> we're gonna roll with it. It's so cute. Yeah, it's gonna come out just fine. Okay. So um, do you have any life updates or your blue? Oh, I. Kind of yes and kind of no. I feel like since my kids went back, I've just been in like zombie land. <laughs> and I told Michael, I we were talking about it the other day because literally we were just like laying in our bed in the middle of the day. And I was like, I feel like so lazy and like I know I should be doing things. And like we've had beautiful weather this week that I'm like, I know I should be outside doing things, but I just like, I don't want to. And mm. <laughs> he was like, same. And I feel like it was because we did so much all summer and just like went 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 now we have like these few hours of quiet during the day that I'm like I'm literally doing nothing like I'm just you need to chill mm-hmm. yeah and I'm like I just need to let myself do that with zero guilt yes. and I've read so much I literally have just laid there <laughs> so that's so good though yeah it's been good so that's but like, I think that's the key though because it's like yeah our kids start school and we just automatically think oh my gosh it's go time go, go, go. like let's do it no, yeah. like give yourself a break. Summer was go, go, go. <laughs> it's my time to not go, go, go. Yeah. You need to give yourself a breather and then start. Yeah. That's yeah. how I've been feeling. I've been like all of my plans to kind of do what you're doing as far as like go each room and just do a full deep clean that was like yeah. totally avoided all summer. I like started doing that and then we started all of these house projects. And so it's like, it's, nope, it's so bad. <laughs> it's so <laughs> bad. It's awful. But then it will feel so good. Like, I feel like we've mentioned this in another episode, like goals like only work like when you're ready. And so if I'm like going to sit here and force myself to be like, I need to go through, like, I need to do this. Like I'll get there. Like one day I'll just wake up and be like, okay, I'm doing it. Like I won't have to force myself versus right now. Like that sounds awful. And I just want to lay in my bed all day. Yeah. Not all day because I I mean, I only have two and a half hour kindergarten, so I don't even get that much time, but like, I just want to soak up that time that I can because I've just been go, go, go all summer. So no, it's true. I've been been super, super intentional about that, like quiet part of the day. So a couple of days since my kids have started school, I've set a timer for one hour and it doesn't matter what I do, like watch a show, take a nap. I've taken naps just one hour, like so good. And I'm such a better mom the rest of the day. Totally. You like sit down. It gives you like a little like reset for the rest of the day. You have like the craziness of the morning, like a little break and then like craziness of the afternoon. Like we were talking about last week, you got to like schedule those times and like Mm -hmm. really allow yourself to just have that because otherwise it's so easy to just keep going. But no, it's true. Okay. Wait, so tell me about your books. Oh Oh. yeah. I was going to ask you about your books. (laughs) About my books? Oh, I have failed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not doing good. 
I'm reading, is it called ACOTAR? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Or am I supposed to say A-C-T-A-R like no. every time? You, you say ACOTAR, a court okay. of thorns and roses, Thorns right? and roses. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you started, you stopped. No, like I can't even like, I can't even call it I started. I think I, I didn't even read one chapter. Like, oh <laughs> I know. It, okay. Here are my things. And like, please don't come at me, guys. I obviously don't know what I'm talking about. This is obviously a phenomenon that I'm just late to the party. Yeah. And I'm getting there. But no, the reason I like haven't finished it is because I've had so much other stuff I needed to catch up on as far as like listening. So I listen to my yeah. books. Whitney reads physical books. Yes. And obviously I balance like my audiobooks and um like podcasts. So anyway, I've had a lot of content to catch up on. A lot of like um, podcasts era yes. right now. I actually downloaded the book through an app that I can like sign up with toggle. my public library card. Is it toggle? No, no I'm look. saying like I just got a Kindle, like just barely. Oh, did you? And I guess I haven't figured out how yet, but one of the reasons why I got it is because my someone was telling me that you can go back and forth between listening and reading, which <gasps> I prefer to read, but then yeah. there's times that I want to listen to listen. it. Like if I'm doing chores or my one of the main points or times that I get to do it is when I'm mowing the lawn. Like that's like three hours of uninterrupted time that I would like to listen to books. So before I was going, I was reading two books at once. I was listening to one and reading one. But then I had to stop doing that because it just got like confusing in my mind. Yeah. So I would love to be able to like mostly read, but then but yeah, I, there's to times that I want to listen. So oh my gosh, maybe that would work for you. So that's what it's, that's what you can do on the Kindle is you can balance. Yes. Both. I haven't figured it out yet, but someone told me that. So <gasps> I I'm going to play that. around with it. Okay. So for the Kindle, like I'm assuming you sign up for a subscription that like gets you X amount it's of books. It's through your month? Amazon. Okay. And you so, just like, buy every book. I, but there's a lot of free ones on there, like there? thousands. Like when I go on there, it says like included in your subscription. But it's way – I was buying like the books that I did get digitally like on my audio. I just bought them through books like on Apple. And the book that I just bought on my Kindle – I've only done one. So if they're not all this way, excuse me. But it was like a third of the price as it was on my phone on my Kindle. Oh. Yeah. So okay. it was only like $8 on my Kindle versus like I buy the hard or I buy hard copies that are like 20 to 30 or even on audio, they're like 16 or 18, you know, like so it's ridiculous, like, so expensive. And then they just sit here and I feel bad. So the Kindle. Yeah, it was really cheap. I was surprised. Like it was only $8 for the book. I wish there was just an option because I use the Apple books and I wish I could just rent the book instead of right buy it like okay it's someone has told me about the app libby have you heard that's that what i was gonna talk about yes. yeah okay i need so to do I'm that libby and that's the one that i connect with my um public library card um and that's what i started reading a court of thorns and roses and for some reason i got like logged out and i need to have my library card and i just haven't like had it every mm. time i've wanted to start go back in so anyway, One of those I need things. to prioritize it and just put it on there so that when it's time to listen, I have it there. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I, I, like I said, I get that it's this huge phenomenon. I just, I need to understand it to like fully yeah. be invested and watch me in like two weeks be like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing <laughs> ever. I'm sure I will love it. I just need to get there. And I feel like another part of it that's like holding me back is I hate the acronym. It's kind of weird. 
No, oh, it is. Guitar. <laughs> yes. I, I feel like what was like holding it. me back is like seeing everybody share like glimpses of yes. it, like TikToks and stuff. I'm like, that is a straight up nerd. Like, yeah, I can't. It just is so far like out of my I'm not my a fantasy girl. Yes. yes. Like, I feel like I wasn't good at like imagining things on my own or like understanding uh-huh. things. So that kind of it honestly, like I never watched someone share something and be like, oh, that looks good. Like, I want to read that. Like, it almost like turned me off the more I saw people share about it. Because I'm like, that's weird. Like, Same. Yeah. Pointed ears, like myth- yep. mythical creatures. Like, it's just kind of weird that yeah. I couldn't. I don't know. I couldn't grasp my head around it. So I don't even know why I pulled the trigger on actually starting and trying, but mm-hmm. I did. And you love it. It sucked me in. <laughs> Wait, so how many books are there total in this series? I have no idea. Six, oh, maybe? What book I don't know. Are you five? On? I don't know. How many, how many have I'm you read? I read the third. So I read oh, the first, um, the first two during summer, obviously. And they took me a lot longer to get through. I feel like the first is like really setting the ground rules for all the other books like it's not like as captivating and there wasn't as much like oh I have to keep reading types of stuff in it it was still really good like I don't want people to think it sucked or it was awful to get through but like it wasn't as but then like the second one I remember posting on my stories that I was starting the second one and literally like everyone was like that's the best one like oh I wish I could reread that like I wish like that's when it gets so good and they're so right like that's when it was like Oh my gosh, like I cannot stop. And Which now, is funny because when I compare it to Twilight, I hated the second one. Like it was sucks. my least favorite. <laughs> yeah. New Moon it's was so like depressing. so boring. So that's so interesting. So I feel like hear. the first one is more like an, a new moon. Like it's just kind okay. of like it's there, it's important information, but like I don't know. Okay. Just not. And I've also, I feel like all of the fan art you see has nothing to do with the first one. So it really confused okay. me because I was picturing like the fan clips and stuff and it has yes. nothing to do with the first one so that like okay. really threw me off too but it's so good I'm a nerd I've now. heard that I need to read the physical book and not listen to it but that's yes if I'm it's gonna hard. be reading these books that's gonna be I'm listening I to know it. a lot I, of people that listen to it so like and I could fine. see that I think what helped me the most is like after I read the first one I looked up on TikTok like specifically that book's fan art and like it helped me visualize because like I was saying before like yeah I feel like I had a hard time like coming up with these really like crazy mythical ideas in my head that seeing what other people pictured really helped and then I could picture it all going forward okay good I'm a nerd that's good to hear no I was gonna say if I can get through listening to ugly love have you heard about this (gasps) Rachel no, it's so I bad. And there's literally like two spots in the book where he over and over. Rachel. 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 Over and over and over and over. And I'm like, why? What's the point? Stop it. <laughs> I remember I was like skipping and I think it has like a, I think it's kind of like podcasts where you can skip 30 seconds at a time. Yeah. And it was still going on. Still and going on. off. Rachel. Rachel. <laughs> but no, some no. of them like the Colleen Hoover books, the audio what are they called? Actors, apparently. I don't know. Yeah, know like the voice readers. Be. They, I don't love their Just voices. Want, like, yeah. But I feel like if I can get through those, I think I can do Akatar on. I feel like the audiobook. most, like the best way to explain it is because I started out with Colleen Hoover, and I feel like that is a good like starting point if you're new to reading, which I am. Like, I haven't read Same. a book since Twilight, so <laughs> yes. um, I feel like those are really good like ease into reading. 
But mm. like now that I've read the Akatar books, not all of them, but like now that I'm reading them, I feel like those are so surface level and like mm. boring. And like mm. these books, like I'm thinking about it throughout my day. <laughs> I'm just like, it, no, it you has have to, to like be, pay attention. Like you have to like yes. think back to like, oh, that was brought up in the first book. Like it like connects dots. Like it's so it's a like a really good story versus like Colleen Hoover's is more just like surface level. Whatever. No, that actually yeah. makes sense though. If anybody listens to the bad broadcast, I highly recommend it. It's one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. And she had Meg Livingston on who runs post. And then she has a Love new her. business called page. Yeah. So cute. And she did a specific podcast episode called, I don't remember what it was called smut something, mm. but she, she basically talked, they talked a lot about these types of books and like basically her why behind it. And that is what really, really, really got me into wanting to read this series is because of like the way that she describes these books that she's reading and how it helps give her confidence as a woman and mm -hmm. in her intimacy with her husband and like all of these things. Totally. It was such a good, you would love that episode. You should listen I gotta to it. I got to go listen it to it fun. now. Now yeah, that I'm an Akatar so girly. How's that for a tangent? Geez, that was like, <laughs> that felt very chaotic to me. Did it feel chaotic yeah. to you? How's that for a start? Let's just I check it in. It. But, oh man, you can tell what I want to be doing. I want to be reading. You want to be reading? <laughs> I love uh, it though. Let's see. A bloom. There was a day this last week. I think it was Friday actually. Um, So my kids like first Friday of school. So it was our first weekend um, back into the school year. And Michael went out with a friend that night. And so it was just me and the kids. So we went boating that morning with Michael and we went with some friends and it was so fun. It was actually kind of cold. It was like 65 degrees, which was kind of crazy. Um, yeah. and it was 65 today too. It's so weird. I don't know what's happening. I'm so scared for winter. Dang. Um, but boating was fun. I tried wake surfing for my first time. Failed, but How'd I tried. Um, <laughs> I'm horrible at that stuff. <laughs> I have never once in my life gotten up. Actually, that's a lie because I have no memory of ever getting up on wakeboarding, on mm -hmm. skiing, like anything in my whole life. And I remember trying a lot as a teenager because like all my friends would go to the lake in Arizona and I just remember like getting slammed and slammed and slammed and never being able to get up. And then the other day on Facebook, a memory popped up of me wakeboarding. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I have any memory of ever succeeding? You blocked it out. <laughs> it was so traumatic. Yeah, so I have no memory of ever getting up. So I guess I did get up once in my life or maybe more, oh but gosh. no memory. But I tried wake surfing and it looks a lot easier than it is because I failed. I only tried a few times because a storm was coming in. And so I was like, we got to go. Um, but I'll keep trying. And I tried that, but it was fun. And then that night we came home, Michael went out and um, we got ice cream and we made homemade milkshakes, which is like my favorite thing to do ever. And my kids love them. And we rented the new little mermaid that's out now. And we just had a movie that's night right. and yeah, had a good old time. And it was just oh, like a very, like the boating wasn't simple, but the night was just like a simple, it was beautiful weather outside. So we played outside for a long time and ate, ate our milkshakes and kids went to bed. And it was just like one of those nights that it was like so simple, but like just a good night, you know? Made you feel good as a mom. Yeah. 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 I love that. Those simple times. I don't know. They just, that's what fills my They remind you. For sure. Like, yeah. We don't need much. We don't need much. Um, 
I'm trying to think of my bloom. I honestly feel like I've had a lot of good bright spots this week. So I'll quickly That's share. That's so good. I know. It's been, yeah. There's just been, like, I feel so out of control right now just because of the state of my house. But I have to remind myself, like, I chose to do this. Yeah. So. It's, it's a season. Great. It's a season. Um, okay. One of them, though, I made these. They're called peach pie cookies but like I wouldn't compare it to a peach pie I'm just calling them peach cookies but I found this recipe on TikTok and I was like I gotta try that that looks so good oh my gosh they were incredible okay you have to send it to me because I went peach picking yesterday and I have a ton of fresh peaches so okay and that's I need all the the tricks to this recipe is the fresh peaches on top you can't mm. skip that. Like it makes every bite and you need enough to literally have a bite of peach with every bite of the every bite. It is okay. so good. Ooh, I'm excited. Yeah, they were so yummy and no joke, like my favorite cookies I've ever had in my whole life. I loved them. So that was a bright spot. I loved that. It gave me a little glimpse into fall baking and I just can't wait. My Super Bowl season's coming up. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, actually, I'm oh, not gosh. ready. My kitchen's a disaster right now. Um, Almost. We're there. We're getting there. Another like little bloom this week is Fallon and I took the kids to school last week and then we went to breakfast, which I'm not a breakfast Mm. person, if you know me. Like if I'm going out to eat, I'd rather go for lunch or dinner and even just in general. (laughs) I know, which is so funny. Like you love breakfast. breakfast. I just I love breakfast food. I just would rather have it for dinner. Like I don't really care to like Eat and like, like I will not eat breakfast food for dinner. I think that's yeah. just blasphemy. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Dying. Yeah, no. We'll make breakfast for dinner probably like once a month. It's it's good. I, but no, we went to breakfast and it was just so sweet to have that one-on-one time with her mm-hmm. and like just to soak up every little thing that she did. She took like a huge mound of butter and like slathered it all over her pancakes and then didn't even eat a single bite of her pancakes <laughs> of because she doesn't like butter. It's like, too much butter. Like she loves pancakes, but ruined them. Anyway, she just My was kids so do that funny. With salt. Oh, do they? they like just, just like, a gallon of salt, and then it's ruined, and they won't eat it. But I'm like, you did that. Hope you had fun. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, but it was it's just fun. So cute. Like she just was so happy, and um, Fallon, like literally from day one, has been Cameron's little buddy. Like mm-hmm. she's always been so attached to him, and he like has been so obsessed with her because it's his last little baby. And so they've had like a really cute bond. And I've honestly kind of taken a step back. I mean, of course, like I have a bond with her. Like she's my baby. But yeah, when Cameron's in the room, I am nowhere, nowhere to her. Like I am nothing. That's so funny. (laughs) But I do feel like since the kids started school this year, like our bond has gotten so strong again. And I can see like how attached she is to me. She, I mean, quite literally like wants to be on me at all times <laughs> on top of me. <laughs> and then Cameron comes home and I'm like, go, go do that to dad. Go lay yeah. on dad. Like I'm touched yeah. out for the day. But no, it was really special. And that breakfast was just so fun with her. So I love I those moments that like we get with our younger babies that we get to like notice things that we typically miss in the craziness of raising our family, like just ones. little quirks that they yeah. do or like little faces that they I make know. like, and you can just notice it all. I love that. I know. Well, and I feel like it's, it really is like a perfect almost kind of segue into today's topic. We're talking about seasons of motherhood and totally, it really made me think like none of my other kids got 
this type of attention and one-on-one time. And obviously like my mindset has shifted because I see how fast it's gone so far. And so I'm really soaking in where before it was like survival, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And And I get told it goes fast, but like to like, you just actually live it. Like then, you know, then, you know, you really do have to go through it. And so let's get into it. Let's talk about it. Yeah. All the seasons of motherhood. I'm excited to chat this topic out and I feel like it's so relatable for everybody. And honestly, like the million dollar question most people have is like, how do you, how do you do this? How do you get through this? Yeah. How do you manage this? And it's like, you got to go you through just, it to figure You just got to go. Unfortunately, <laughs> the only way, the only way over it is through really. No. True. That's true. There's an author. She wrote Present Over Perfect. I feel like everyone knows that one, but she wrote a new book semi-recently that um, is called, oh shoot, now I'm going to blink on what it is. It's like, I haven't learned that yet or something. Like, I guess I don't know that yet. Um, Something along the lines of that. And I mean, she's an older mom. She's like 45. Her kids are preteens and teenagers. And she tells the story of she moved from like a suburb city. I don't even remember where it was. Midwest suburb to Manhattan with her kids. And her kids would come home every day from school and just have all sorts of new questions, obviously, because they grew up in like the suburbs of the Midwest and now are living in Manhattan. And they would just ask all these sorts of questions. And the questions kind of had the underlying tone of, Like, why don't I know that? Like, am I dumb? Like, am I beneath these people because I don't know that? Or like, what's wrong with me? Why don't I know these things? And she said, like, she had to like really think about it and explain, like, why would you know these things? Like, why would you know how life works in Manhattan or how this is different than this or any of those things? Like, why would you know those things? And like, the only way to know those things is to learn to live it and to learn it. And she like then connected it to motherhood and I like how so often we get so down on ourselves and feel guilty like like why am I not mastering two kids under two or like why am I not mastering working mom and my kids being at home like why am I not mastering these and like you can get down on yourself and think like am I dumb and it's like why would you know those things like you've never done them before like they're completely brand new to you and like the only way you can learn is to just do it and like you can't expect to be an expert off yeah. right off the bat so well, I love that I think analogy what, no I love that and I I feel like what's so cool about that concept is like but also like give yourself some grace because even if you do know how to do something, it doesn't mean it's easy to teach it. For example, I know how to play the piano. I know how to play the piano, but we typically, right? If people are wanting their kids to learn piano, pay a teacher to teach their kids Mm -hmm. piano or how to swim. We pay someone to teach our children how to swim. We know how to swim. Most of us know how to swim. And so it's like, Give yourself the grace of like, even if you do know how to do something, it doesn't mean that like it's easy to teach it and you're teaching Mm -hmm. a whole other human being something. And that was something that I've really had to grasp, like with potty training, like Mm -hmm. or with birth. I know we talked about in our birth episodes. It's like, okay, like I was delivering my fourth baby. Like, shouldn't I have known better? 
why didn't I know better to give myself a good experience? And it's like, okay, but I didn't have that experience or every with, single kid is different. Every single every kid, kid learns different. differently. Yeah. Like, so like, just cause you mastered potty training with your second kid and it was like, they did so good. Doesn't mean that it's going to be that same exact scenario with your third kid. Cause that's yeah. a completely different human. And then also when it comes to you, like, let's say we're getting back to the example of, you know, teaching piano or teaching how to swim. Like, where are you at in your life? And like, our capacities change as moms all the time. And so like oh, totally. our ability to, or like, you know, my kid comes home with math homework. Like, okay, I did that once upon a time. It doesn't mean I know how to do it now. Like really just like grasping the concept of like, no matter what it is that you're going through with your kids, if you've done it a hundred times or if it's your first time, like just like be soft with yourself and yeah. be soft with your kids, be soft with your spouse because yeah. Quite literally, well, this is learning. a very new experience. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And it's easy to like, I think as the older generation, it's easy for them to, you know, get kind of hoity-toity and look back on what we're doing and say like, oh, you're doing this wrong or I, but you know what, how they know that? They freaking lived it and they learned it. Like, do you think mm-hmm. they were perfect when they were doing it? Absolutely Mm-mm. not. Hindsight's Mm-mm. always twenty twenty, So of course they can look back and say like, Oh, if I think every single older mom can say, if I could do something differently, it would be X, Y, and Z. And they always have a list because guess what? Like you don't know until you just do it. And I have one kid in particular that is really, really hard on herself when it comes to learning new things. She really struggles with it and is really hard on herself. She gets really frustrated that she doesn't know how to do something already. Like for instance, writing her name. I remember like teaching her how to write her name and just sobs every time. Like, why don't I know how to write my name? Like, why doesn't my hand just know where to go and just want to give up completely? And it's like, I think that's what we're doing in motherhood. Like we get so frustrated with ourselves and it's like, it's so hard and we try and we try and try And then it's just like, why aren't we doing it? And then like, once we do it, it's almost like second nature to us. But then like we were so hard on ourselves for not knowing how to do that. And then we look back and it's like, oh, that was easy. So it's like hindsight is always 2020. And I mean, it's like we teach our kids. I always say my kids teach me the lessons I need to learn. And for sure, I teach my kids like the only way to learn something is by doing like you can't just look at something and expect to know how to do it. Like the only way to learn how to do something is by practicing and doing it and physically doing it. And like, what is motherhood then if not that, like we are literally just learning as we do it. Well, and quite literally like every single scenario that we're talking about, or even the thousands of scenarios that we are not going to touch on today, like just everything in motherhood that encompasses that whole thing is your capacity quite literally grows little by little each Mm -hmm. time. And sometimes your capacity grows in huge amounts. And sometimes it really is just like little baby steps. But that, that idea of you don't know until you go through it is true. It's almost like I remember literally in labor with my second baby and just, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I'm not ready for two kids. Like, I'm not going to have a life anymore. Like, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm not going to have time for me. I'm going to be nothing and nobody and like just complete in servitude for the rest of my life because two kids is two kids two kids 
But then guess what? You have that second kid. And then you just, and then if you choose to, you have a third yeah. kid and then a fourth kid. And then you look back and you go, or, or you have two kids that go to full-time school and you have two kids at home mm-hmm. and you're like, look at this my capacity, is, look at yeah. my growth chart and like how I felt as a mom of two kids versus how I feel as a mom of four kids with two at home and two gone. Yeah. It, it's just, just such so different. a wild concept of like, yeah, literally your mindset And just like you take your kids to the pediatrician and you track their growth on a growth chart, track your growth on a growth chart Mm -hmm. as a mom. Like give yourself that pat on the back of like, oh my gosh, like look how much clearer I feel when I have to run to the post office with two kids now versus when I had to run to the post office with two kids then. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like And and I think that's such a universal experience with moms. Like I think Mm -hmm. all of us look back on one baby or two babies and say like, Oof. Like mm-hmm. that was hard. Like, but then if I only have one kid now that I have to take to the store, yeah. that's a vacation. Different. Like I know. It's so different. And I think that's universal. And I think it just is such an ode to how much we grow. Because if you gave me four kids when I had one and said, like, go about your life for a week, like it would have been extremely difficult. Like absolute chaos. I probably wouldn't have eaten. I probably wouldn't have brushed my hair, like none of the basics yet. Like here I am. And it's like, it's not easy by any means, but Mm -hmm. I feel like I have more capacity than I did with even just one. And I think so often we can get caught up in the numbers of things and say like, Oh, well I only have one kid. Like I should be able to do this. Like don't there's moms out there with five kids, six kids. Like how are they doing it? And I can't even do it with one. And it's like, you it's you literally have to learn like how would that mom with five or six kids was right where you're at with right there you yes I it's very very few that people have a perfectly seamless easy transition into motherhood with their first baby Mm -mm. even if your baby is a dream like it rocks Mm -hmm. your whole world and you're learning how to do everything with a baby in tow so like that mom of five six seven like she's already done that and she's already learned like versus you're learning. So it's yeah. comparing starting piano with the very first lesson one book to someone that knows Mozart. Like mm-hmm. it just is so different and it's not fair to. And it's not, you're ourselves. not less than like, no. I think that's the other thing too, is it's like, it doesn't make you less than or them more than like, it doesn't make them better or, or even more capable. I know we're talking about like capabilities and like our capacity, but it doesn't make that the thing. And, and I, I feel like one of my favorite things has been finding friendships in people with different that's in different stages of life than me. Like not all of my friends have to be on the exact same playing field. Like they don't all have to have four kids just like me, because I think even as a fourth time mom, like I look at, you know, my sister-in-law and she just had her first baby a few months ago. And the things I have learned from her like mm-hmm. that I have admired about her and the way that she is doing this whole motherhood thing. It's just really cool. Like we can all learn from each other and we can all grow with each other in our own totally. ways. And I think like, yeah, just the biggest takeaway for me through all of this has really just been like, you're okay. And you're doing your best with what you yeah. can in this moment. Um, I actually came across this quote and I know it can be hard, right? It's almost like, 
you hear or you're saying like, oh, this is so hard. Like, let's say, for example, I'm not getting a lot of sleep at night. Like my baby's keeping me up mm-hmm. all night and people are like, oh, it's just a season. Just soak it up. Or mm-hmm. you're in the grocery store and you're literally losing your crap and an old lady walks by you and says, soak it in. You're going to miss this when it's gone. <laughs> and it's exactly what you don't want to hear, right? Yeah. We all have been through this. Like, Get, like cry me a river I don't want to hear that right now I'm suffering <laughs> yeah yeah I know that like this topic can feel like that when you are in in that moment and like those moments happen for me still and will probably forever happen like where you just feel like you're drowning and you don't know what to do and hearing someone say it's just a season like can be annoying yeah but I also feel like it's something to cling on to and I found this quote that I loved it said for everything there is a season a time to have babies and a time to hold grandbabies a time to potty train a time to patch pant holes and a time to shop for a wedding gown a time for sweetly rocking to sleep and a time for late night talks and obviously it shows like huge contrast between like yeah. babies and then grandbabies or potty training and shopping for wedding dresses and but I love that I love that contrast because sometimes when you're in these like really like sticky mundane situations of raising really little children to sit there and think about the future is quite literally what gets me through. Like, yeah, I love the, the ideas and like the planning and like the dreaming of the future and like thinking about my girls and getting them ready for prom, like just anything like Mm -hmm. can just help you get through or even, even something closer than that. Like, let's say, you know, your husband gets off work early tomorrow and you know you're going to go to ice cream as a family. Like my favorite things throughout my motherhood journey has been looking to things that get me excited mm-hmm. and get me through. I remember I would like almost create a reward system for myself when I had like three little toddlers slash babies and it would be like, okay, fold this little laundry, go crack open a fresh Dr. Pepper from the fridge. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like ways to kind of keep Something to get you through. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a little like dangly toy Mm -hmm. like just a little bit more and you get this a little bit more and you get this um have you heard I've heard of a lot of moms using the anchor system in life and they it basically is they have something that you call an anchor in the middle of your week that no matter what that is like you get a little bit of time to do something that you need and it can be really small as like going to the gas station by yourself and getting your favorite drink or it can be something bigger like I don't know going out to going eat to lunch or, with your girlfriends yeah, yeah yeah bigger any any sort of level but it's an anchor to kind of yeah give you that something to look forward to when you're in the trenches of something to like yeah just the dangly little treat in front like just a little bit longer and then you get this a little bit longer and you get mm-hmm. this and then you go and you get that and it's like okay just a little bit to keep going like mm-hmm. and we need we need that especially in the mundane mm-hmm. three under three years or those seasons that just feel really 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 hard and yeah you need motivation to keep you going well and it's almost like what we were saying earlier as far as like right now the stage of life we're in where like we literally need to schedule it plan it mm-hmm. carve it out to have me time or rest time or read my book time watch my show time like whatever it is And I think when I look back on what it looked like then, I would go days not wearing a normal outfit, not putting makeup on my face. My nails were never done, like, because I quite literally was in the trenches with my kids. And so I think, like, yeah, if you can have, like, a weekly lunch date with your girlfriends or a weekly date night with your husband and 
have something to look forward to where you literally get out of the sweatpants yes. and the messy bun on the top of your head so you can feel like a human again or go get your nails done or go grab a coffee or whatever it is to just give yourself that pick me up and remind yourself that like there's a person in here yeah. and that I'm not You're just human. mom and I'm not just the person that wipes up the messes and cooks the mac and cheese every single day. Like there's literally somebody in here that matters and that's yes. so important. Yeah. You need that. Well, and I feel like we were both in the three kids really little phase at the same time. And I feel like it's Mm -hmm. easy, like we said now, like it's easy for us to look back and say like, oh, I wish I did this differently or I wish I did this or it goes so fast. But yeah, like honestly, like I don't miss my kids throwing a fit in the store. Like that's not a part of that chapter that I feel like I'm ever going to look back on and be like, oh, take me back to the line with my baby screaming (laughs) and my toddler on the floor. Like take me back there. Like, no, like Mm -hmm. is there times of that season of motherhood I want to go back to absolutely but like that moment when the old lady tells you you're gonna miss this sorry I don't yet like maybe not I will I'm 80 but like yeah no thanks not that um yeah but I I know that like if you are currently in that season of motherhood like an anchor can feel like literally impossible like like you said mm-hmm. we'd be in the same clothes for days at times like I remember this was like during the house dress phase, like when house dresses were really big. <laughs> My jam. <laughs> Literally, if you look back on our Marco Polos, like we were in house dresses 24-7. Like yeah. literally never got dressed. And like two so, babies pregnant with a third. Just literally would surviving. sleep in it. And then it was my outfit that day. Like yes. Didn't even didn't, change. Didn't wash my face. I remember something as simple as like a face routine, like seemed so yep big unachievable like, I couldn't yeah. do that like that was just Same. I had no space in my life for that and mm-hmm. I remember actually thinking this was like my first I think probably not first but one that really stuck out to me moments of I have to remind myself that we're all writing our own book because it's easy to say like oh they're in a different season than me but also they're in a different book than you like they're writing a completely different story than you are so even if you are both Because you and I, we were both on chapter two, I guess, like of our little kids. They were the same ages, but it's easy to look at you and see like, how how does she make meals all the time? How do you always have dinner on the table when we're in the same season, so to say? But Mm -hmm. like, I didn't feel like I had the capacity to make dinner. And meanwhile, you're over there literally starting a business. (laughs) But like, that's my point is like we were writing different books and that's okay. And like like we were saying earlier too, like we were speaking before we started recording is like everybody's circumstances, their book, like you're saying, is is so different. Who they're married to, what their spouse's job is, if you're working or if you're not working, do you live by family? Um, Like, literally everything matters like it all adds up what kind of neighborhood do you live in do you have awesome Mm -hmm. neighbors like do you have easy access to babysitters like how far are you away from preschool like everything impacts like your story that you're writing and so I think it's so easy I think it's like with the trap of social media it's so easy to look at somebody and say like well we're in the same season like we should be like a, kind of I on the this? same level. Yeah. Like, why do they do this? Like, how do they have space for this? Like, why can't I do that and get yeah. harder on ourselves? But like, it's not even that you need to look for people in the same season as you like, 
just remember people are writing different books. Like, and that doesn't mean your book is better than their book or their book is better than your book. Like they're just different books and that's okay. And so many things I remember when I was deciding whether or not to have a fourth or when to have my fourth baby, this is something that really, I was prevalent and was in my thought process a lot because I had all of my other kids really close together. And so I think all of the same people that I followed that had my first three at the same times were also then having their fourths. And I was nowhere near ready. And I remember thinking like, why? Like, how are they ready? And I'm like, nowhere near ready. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have the space in my life to welcome that right now. And that was my, like, I had to stop and realize like, okay, well, like maybe they don't work or maybe they have family Mm -hmm. nearby or maybe they have this or maybe like, you know, their capacity is just higher. And like, I do different. I do things that they don't do or and I have space for exactly. things in my life that they don't have space for in their life and like just remembering like yeah it's just all different and it's all subjective and you just got to try to really be in tune and be grateful for what you have and what you are offering to your children and what story you're writing. Well, and I think it goes back to I think we mentioned this on last week's episode of like are you comparing yourself to other people or are you comparing yourself to yourself you and like it can literally be yourself five years ago last year or yesterday it doesn't matter but like as long as you see again with that growth chart like progression for you that is literally all that matters and I think that's Mm -hmm. what can get so tricky with our like motherhood now because like social media is such a huge part of it and I've always said like for me especially being a stay-at-home mom I'm so grateful for social media Mm -hmm. because I can't imagine you know, not having that escape and like almost like that ability to reach the outside world outside of the four walls of my own home. I feel like it would be much lonelier. Totally lonelier. But I also can see on the other hand how that can be lonely for for moms that are home raising their babies and seeing so-and-so, you know, off the coast of Italy and like Mm -hmm. so-and-so just bought a new house and like all of those things. And so I think finding like what makes you feel good and what brings you comfort in your motherhood journey and not playing that comparison game. Like don't get caught up in what so-and-so is doing, even if they're at the two kids stage and so are you. Again, it just looks completely different. And I was reading a blog post yesterday about um, what someone was writing about seasons of motherhood. And I really loved this little snippet that she said. She said, as I go through more and more years as a mom, my time feels segmented into seasons. They sometimes surround my kids' ages or my emotional challenges, seasons of learning how to let go or seasons of growth. And I feel like that sentence right there, that last one, like really could go on and on. Like sometimes the segmented seasons of our lives or of our motherhood does feel like it surrounds certain blocks for me. I feel like Mm -hmm. I can really like connect to that and just like really separate like specific times in my life. And it feels like that's one chapter and this is one chapter. Mm -hmm. And I can literally pinpoint why this felt that way versus why that felt that way. And I love that. I, I resonated with what she said. Like sometimes it surrounds your kids' ages. For you and I, like we really were kind of in that thick of motherhood where our, we had a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a newborn. Like that is, there's literally no self-sufficient children right there. Like literally, you're literally they're all doing, babies. They're all babies and you're doing every single thing for them. And again, it, like those were the years to me where I still had my glasses on 
and unbrushed teeth. Like I didn't have time to brush my teeth, put my contacts in and pee for the morning. Like it's just like demand, demand, demand as soon as you get out of bed in the morning. And um, that feels like a segmented season. And I feel like when we talk about this whole seasons of motherhood, it can sometimes feel like that's it. And then somehow you get out of that bubble of the babies and the toddlers and then the seasons go away and it's just Mm -hmm. like bliss and it's just like easy. And at least that was my mentality. And I'm learning very much so that that's not the case. Yeah. And at least right now, the season that we're in, um, I'm a working mom. I've been a working mom for several years now. But where the demands feel higher in that area and the demands of my children, like as far as like the balance before Uh it was like the children's demands were way higher than like work demands. And now it feels like the opposite. Right. And like I'm doing less physically for my kids. So I'm able to provide more in other areas. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like it is always changing like that and everyone's going to go through their own ups and downs. And just because you get out of that toddler stage doesn't mean the seasons are over. Like there are still other seasons. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting. Like if you talk to a group of 10 women, there's going to be some that love the baby stage, thrive in the baby stage. Like, and then there's some that love the toddler stage, thrive in the toddler stage and then struggle with the babies or struggle with older kids or, and then there's people Mm -hmm. that hate teenagers and then there's people that love teenagers. So like our like strengths will shine in our different seasons of motherhood, just because you're not a baby person and struggle with newborns or toddlers doesn't mean you're not going to be like a total killer mom to teenagers and preteens and that's when you're gonna freaking shine shine or Mm -hmm. maybe you thrive with newborns and babies but you really struggle with teenagers like our talents and like our strengths will shine throughout our different stages and like we'll get through it well Uh, that's where I think having friends like really good close girlfriends like if you can establish those people in your life or even your family members people to lean on to help you mm -hmm. through like, I don't know how to have this conversation with my 13-year-old. Yeah, let or, their strength, like, shine yes. a little bit more. Yes. yes. Totally. I love that. Um, I know. It, it makes me curious to get to that point and to see where I feel my strongest. Because I, yeah. I don't necessarily feel like any of the stages I've been through so far have been, like, oh, peak shine or peak, like, I've suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it just depends for me. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I could handle that really good. That, no, not for so me. So hard. Like, I love the newborn stage, but you put a toddler that needs to be potty trained in front of me, I'm having an anxiety attack. Like, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's going to be interesting as we grow up and our kids grow up to look back on the segments of our life and say like, that is where like I shined. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I came across this. I loved it so, so, so much. I love when things are just organized and like there's a plan. So (laughs) this is very, very helpful to anyone that loves kind of just having something to like set their like sights on and have like goals. It was the three pillars of thriving in motherhood. Pillar one is called scope. So having a purpose or intention for your life. So I think if we can almost hone in even like more specific to motherhood and raising our kids and all of these seasons that we're in, like having a purpose or an intention. For me, I talk a lot about like the way I want things to feel. Mm-hmm. Not so not so much like, oh, like I really want to do this with my kids or I want to like achieve this with them. 
for me, it's like a feeling. And these years are hard. There's a lot of years where there is a Mm -hmm. lot of yelling and there is a lot of fighting and there's a lot of getting your kids to share and sit down, you know, while we're eating and a lot of spilled everything. Like there's just so many things in this season that we're in that it's like, it can feel so chaotic and like you just don't have anything under control. And like at any minute something can happen that can set anybody off. And like, as the mom, you feel that burden of like, okay, I got to bring everything back together. And like how I feel dictates how the home feels. And so I loved that pillar one, having a purpose or an intention for what you want for that season that you're in. I love that. So, and that's going to look different for everybody. Like we said, like, yeah, that is literally going to look different for everybody. Yeah. What's your intention for the season? Yeah. And then pillar two was structure, which I love this one. It says a pattern or organization for reducing the mental and physical chaos in your life. So kind of back to what I was speaking on with pillar one, like figure out your, like what it is for you. So an example for me, our school time this year starts later than what we did last year. And so I was so excited about that. I was like, okay, we don't even need to wake up till 7am you guys. Like set our alarm for 7 a.m. and it's going to be so nice. Well, guess what? It's not working. (laughs) So I need to restructure this pillar in my motherhood right now. I need, I need a better pattern for our mornings because wowzers, the mental chaos for me, not good. It's so much more worth it for me to wake up 20 to 30 minutes earlier Mm -hmm. so that everything can be a little slower and a little calmer than how it's been going. And so I think when it comes to that and like trying to get that structure and like figure out this time in your life and like how to reduce that physical chaos. Like we said with, um, is that what routines routines. we did? Yeah. 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 Kind of like what we were saying in that episode where it was like, okay, like I know my, like she's coming home for preschool. Like I'm going to put her lunch out on the table, like ahead of time. A lot of stuff like that in all of my seasons of motherhood so far, like just being one step ahead and having things Mm -hmm. prepped like that really has helped the physical like stress and chaos that can come from that. I know every morning Fallon is going to wake up and she wants a cup of milk. I just know that that's the way that she lives her life. So I would just rather have it prepared and ready for her so that she's not screaming at me for her milk. Yeah. First thing in the morning. It's almost Um, like take that little lesson of like, okay, make her milk ready in the morning because you thought ahead it's like okay what could we do in life to like think ahead to the seasons coming and like what can we do to prepare for that and like what what milk can we get ready basically yeah to literally the season run as smoothly as we can and sometimes it's just like pure trial and error because like we don't know what we're walking into but like if we can be as prepared as possible it helps the transition to be so much smoother and happier. And I think that's the hardest part is again, it kind of taps back into like, you really actually don't know and you Mm -hmm. can do your best. If you are big into planning, like you can do your best. I really had to learn because this hurt my feelings so much of like birthdays or holidays, like, and the way that I wanted it to look and feel and just be so special for my family and then so-and-so is crying because they didn't get that present yep. for their birthday that year. Or so-and-so is crying because they picked the sprinkle donut and the other or one. it's wanted. not their birthday. Like, it's literally it's like, his birthday. <laughs> and it's like, it's such a special day. And like, you want it to feel special. You want it to look special. And, and it never goes that way, you guys. Yeah. Like, it never, never ever does. goes that way. And 
I remember talking with Cameron and, and even him saying like, you get so worked up and like, I get it. Like you put so much effort and you just want it to be so special for the, for the whole family. Yeah. Not even just the one that it's their birthday, but like, let's say it's Christmas or it's Easter, whatever it is. And you put so much into it. And as a mom, like we just have to deal with the heartbreak a lot. Mm -hmm. I just mopped those floors and then they literally came through and like got mud all over them. Like literally it, it, that's just like, we have to almost accept it and like check our own emotions when it comes to that stuff. And that's the crap that's hard for me. And that's, that's the season of this. I'm not going to miss that. Like, yeah, I'm not going to miss the fact that I have to deep clean my couch once a week. Otherwise it's disgusting. Like, yeah, yeah. Can't wait yeah. till my house is pristine. But um, yeah, but I loved that. Just finding like what helps just make it run smoother for you. Cause your mental state as a mom, like it's up and down chaos all the time. Anything you can do. But that really leads into pillar three, which is soul. So so far we've had scope, we've had structure, and now we have soul. And I love this. I was never for as much as I thought of myself as a spiritual person. I really wasn't not in the sense of it being such a personal spiritual experience that I had. I feel like it was more so just like checking off boxes of what I thought my spirituality should be like. Um, But this one, it says your total self spirit, mind, body and connection with God. And I love that in the sense of like almost the way I interpret it is almost like bringing it back to like me. I'm not just mom. I have a name. I have desires. Mm -hmm. I literally have a soul inside of me that like wants these things and, and feels so deeply. And I feel like connecting with yourself like that every day when you're running carpool all day long and you can just feel like a shell of a human that's just stuck behind, you know, the steering wheel all day or yeah, like you're with your little kids all day and you feel touched out and you feel so overwhelmed with all of your responsibilities is just kind of, for me, getting back to that connection with myself and even connection with God. If you do believe in God, I do. And I firmly believe that he has a direct hand in our motherhood journey and he's mm-hmm. helping guide us. These are his children too. And I, I really have like tried to tap into that in my seasons of motherhood and know that like he is there for me to call upon. And there is this higher power for me to connect with and be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Help me please. Yeah. And that's brought me a lot of comfort. And so if you believe in that too, or yeah. even just, you know, your I think own finding anything experience. that you believe in that can give you that little extra push that you need on the days that yes. you're like, I and failing. Help. I do not know what I'm doing. Whatever you can do to help if whether that be God or whether that be affirmations or yoga mm-hmm. or literally anything that can kind of just help you get that little extra motivation to say like it's okay. Like yeah. I'll pick up your slack. Like yes. and that's fine. Yeah. And almost I just like that. yeah, that reconnection of like I am not alone in this. Like yes. quite literally there are women all over the world going through this. I feel like I just want to wrap it up with like a final thought of someone asked me during a Q&A forever ago and it kind of has stuck with me. They said like, like basically like, does motherhood get easier? Like, tell me it gets mm. easier. And it made me really stop and think about like, does it like, has it gotten easier for me? Because like on the outside looking in, 
it seems like I'm doing better, obviously, than my survival days of the beginning times, you know. Yeah. But like, do I truly feel like it's easier? And I don't know. Like, it made me like really stop and think about that because I don't know. I don't know like how to best say it, but I wouldn't even say it got it's gotten easier, but your capacity grows. And yeah, it's just different. And I feel like what was like my biggest struggle and my biggest hurdle four years ago, five years ago, like seems so easy now. But like I would never look at somebody going through what I was going through five years ago and say like, you're you're in the easy time. That's easy. Never, never. But then right now seems really, really hard, but just a different hard than it was five years ago. Like I'm having, I have different challenges with my kids than I did five years ago. Like their problems and their issues are just different. And so Mm -hmm. I, I I can't even say if I think it's gotten easier. I think at at first people would say, yeah, like parenting gets easier for sure. But like, I kind of feel like it's it's not like, yeah. You trade out a lot of the physical for emotional and mental struggles. It makes sense to me, you know, when it comes to like, oh, does it get easier? It's so hard because like I said, like being vague on this topic is it's almost like you just don't get it till you get it. And <laughs> like I could be talking to someone like, for example, my sister-in-law and and she's got a little four month old right now. And I know that she would sit there and she would tell me like, frankly, it's so hard and I don't so hard. know why. Right. Or you can just sit there and look at a mom that has their first baby and they're less than six months old and they don't even have to say a darn thing. You yeah. just know. It's you hard. just know. It's yeah. hard. And you can't even explain it or like quite literally, you cannot even explain what it is that's so hard. I mean, you could, you could say like the sleeping or the breastfeeding or like literally all these things. Yeah. They, they aren't at that stage where they can entertain themselves. So I feel like I'm doing it all the time. Like there is a list. Like you could tell people like what makes it hard for the stage that you're in, but there just somehow is this connection amongst moms where you just know, like Mm -hmm. you can just make that connection and be like, I get it. Like I get why, why it is so hard. I feel like a lot of what has really, really helped me throughout all of my seasons has quite literally been a working mom. And obviously I'm not a mom that like gets dressed every day and leaves the house and goes Mm -hmm. and works outside of the home. I work inside of the home so it's almost hard to consider myself a working mom sometimes. You totally do you relate are. to that? Like, do but you yeah. feel like you're, yeah. Yeah. It's like because the lines I think when people blurred. talk about working moms, like the things that they have to worry about aren't maybe things that aren't I what we, worry about, yes. but like I still am a working mom. Yeah. It's a yeah. Whole. It feels like it gets blurred when you're like a stay at home working mom, but even more so because it's not like we have like these typical, like I have to log in 9am and I yeah. cannot clock out till I don't 5 have childcare. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it can get blurred, but something that I feel really, really passionate about is when it comes to whatever you're struggling with as a mom is like just finding what it is finding what it is that helps you get through that. Mm -hmm. For me, it has been having a job, but I think it wouldn't be just any type of job. I think it's the job that I have. Yeah. I've seen, especially in the last couple of years, I mean, you have a friend that just started her own business essentially and is doing retreats and yoga and like all of this stuff. And I just think, shout out if you're listening, you know who you are. But I just think like, 
it's really ins- inspirational to see these moms finding their thing. Yeah. And knowing that like, oh my gosh, like while that might take your capacity away from being a mom, it's going to make you a better mom. And oh, I know 100%. that because I feel that, you know, it's like, almost like you're so proud of them. Like you're when so I see proud of them. a mom taking time to do something, anything that anything. is for her and mm-hmm. not just her kids. Like, yeah, it's just like, I'm so proud of them and I'm so inspired by them. And it just makes me want to do that more because I know it's so mm-hmm. beneficial. So beneficial. And like really it can be anything like as simple as a lunch with your girlfriends every week or a therapy session that you go to every Mm -hmm. week. And or yeah, quite literally starting a business or going to a workout class that you can look forward to. And I lost my train of thought, but there was something that I really wanted to say. That has happened to me too many times this episode. Because we're moms. (laughs) (laughs) Because we're moms. Amen. Oh, I remember. Got it. This this specific thing we're talking about reminds me a lot of you. And I'm curious if you wanted to touch on it really quick when it comes to – we talked about it in your story of Loom Well podcast. But you specifically highlighted – and I remember clear as day this Instagram post where you felt like you were just in the trenches of motherhood and mm-hmm. you just didn't know like how these moms did what they did. And how yeah. quite literally some moms ran businesses or – Whatever it was, you just like you saw on social media, this army of moms that seemed to be doing these things. And you're like, how? I don't have yeah. the time. And you craved and were trying to find something for you. Yeah. And we're worried about like, well, how? Like, I don't have the space yeah. in my life for that. But then look, yeah. you did. I know. So, yeah, I think it's part of me feels like I look back on it was when I had two under two, or maybe I was even just pregnant with Phoebe. Um, but during that life when, yeah, from every waking moment was my kids taking care of my kids. They were babies, like both of them. And I was living in Virginia, so I had no like help or community or anything like that. And I felt like, yeah, like this piece missing, like, how are these moms doing it? Like where, where in their day are they doing this? And I felt that for a really long time. And then I obviously started Loomwell not long after that. And part of me feels like I wish I could go back and tell that girl like to just chill, like just wait, Mm -hmm. like it's just not your season and it's okay. But also I know that I really wanted that during that time and that it was really good for me. So like I, it's okay to not feel like you want to just sit back and wait. Like Mm -hmm. it was, it's okay that I wanted something else for me during that time. So I kind of have like mixed feelings on it because I see both sides. And I think, yep. I don't know. I think in life in general, there are seasons that I need to just chill and wait and it's not my season. And then there's seasons that I can listen to that prompting and say like, I'm going to make it work. And where it feels so impossible and feels like I have no time or where am I going to fit that in? But I see that it's beneficial to fit that in and that that's something I really need in my life at that time. And I think it's just really trying to find and listen to your intuition on what season you're in. Is it your season to chill and wait or is it your season to push things aside and make it happen? And I think that is what's so cool, though, is like you quite literally don't know until you try. And like you didn't know you had that capacity to literally have another baby like start a business until you just did it until I just did it yourself through that and yeah and then you're suddenly like oh my gosh wait I can do that I yeah like I can be that how empowering and 
so empowering. So I just love that. I I think about that all the time. Like anytime you feel incapable, you're so much more you capable you. than you think. Yeah. You do have it in you. And even if you really truly feel like, no, I don't, that's okay too. Yeah. There's been so many days where I'm like, not today. It's not, not my today. season. I am not it deep cleaning happen. the house today. <laughs> it's not my season. <laughs> no. I think that's it. That's it. Nice talking to you, buds. <laughs> See ya. Buds. Bye, buds. Thank you guys so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, we would love you forever if you would subscribe and leave us a rating and review. We do monthly giveaways from these as a thank you. Come hang out with us over on Instagram. Don't forget to look for ways to bloom. We'll see you next week.